Welcome to the True Blue LA podcast, where the lockout is gone and forgotten. How are you? How are you doing, Eric? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we finally have baseball stuff to talk about, and the Dodgers brought. We've back had the so we little to talk they about. Were gonna do. Yeah, we have had so little to talk about the last uh, few weeks, and now it's just going to be a, a fire hose to use one of the uh, Friedman's. The pitcher everyone thought who was coming back is back. That's right, Shane Green. Uh, <laughs> Back in Dodgers camp, and that's what we're going to talk about this week on the podcast. Yeah, two weeks ago we were fairly convinced there wouldn't be baseball, at least until my predicted date of June 1st. Uh, Eric won the bet. We've got a lot to talk about, uh, and Eric even snuck in a Dodgers Rewind, and we have questions from Craig after this. All right, Eric, is there a labor crisis in baseball? This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. No. Hey, look at that. I, it's going to be five years before I get asked that again, but boy, am I going to get asked it again. Yeah. Maybe well, not. Get, they oh, went a while it. being kind of normal negotiations. I, Maybe I'll have another this, streak it, like that. It, it, the one, there's no, um, there's no good thing about the lockout, except that it, it sort of smashed the, um, it, it stopped people from being like, oh, we had 27 years of labor peace. And there's there wasn't labor peace like like they, there wasn't an actual work stoppage, but like the last ten years like they've been there's been like total animosity between players and owners like the 2020 uh, getting back to the field under COVID protocols was anything but labor peace it was ugly and like technically not missed games um, for that but it really was like just given how the negotiations went so. At least now we don't have to put up that like charade. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like you said, so I won the bet, but I don't, I don't feel like a winner because <laughs> uh, it just the whole negotiations was went closer crap. to what I was expecting. I, yeah. I feel like is how we can put this. Uh, but they, the specter of actually missing games and the fact that that would kind of just snowball frustrations and negotiations ultimately won the day. Um, so you do technically win, but I'll I'll take a, a, a uh, yeah for for sure you win in spirit. Yeah. I win technically, but like it's yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, so the negotiations themselves, it was just so dumb. Like just how it happened. Like we almost we're almost at like Armageddon point, right? So the last time we recorded was two weeks ago. We'll get back on a regular schedule now that baseball's on a regular schedule again. Um, they were in sort of a cool down period after those uh, nine days in Florida. And then they started up meetings in New York again. And then, so when the negotiations sort of ramped back up in New York, they had the same thing that they did in Florida. They had like a super long day where it looked like things were close. 
it was they were better at like leak um, not leaking stuff this this time uh, but it was like 17 hours of negotiating pushing past yet another MLB deadline to say we're gonna cancel more games if we don't have a deal they went to the next day they same thing where they they couldn't quite get a deal so literally Rob Manfred canceled another week of games so we're at two weeks but now it's at a point of like this all the like rumored stuff the system is basically the same like there's some minor tweaks but like you're really gonna like strike um or not strike but you're gonna miss games over like rounding errors basically like and then but also the at the point that we were at um it was to try to get 162 games in and they had canceled the first two weeks so had it gone on longer had they not been able to sort of come together you would have had another aspect of the negotiations of the players wanting to get paid for a full year and probably not being able to just because of the calendar, but also them saying, if we don't get paid for a full year, you don't get expanded playoffs this year. So like it would have just gotten more contentious over all this stuff. And then, but luckily they were able to sort of come to the, um, their senses somewhat and, it was contentious. Um, they they came to the deal on uh, March 10th, uh, the day after Manfred canceled the second week of games. So that was essentially, he's like, nope, my bad. We're not really canceling those games. So they haven't even put out the revised schedule yet, but it's basically, they're starting on April 7th. Uh, the Dodgers are April 8th. It's, April 7th is a Thursday. They're just picking the schedule back up, and then they're inserting the first week of games Later into the season, the season's going to end three day, three or three days later than normal. So I believe the Dodgers' first series against the Rockies is just going to be tacked on to the end, and then they're going to work in the other series like through double headers or off days throughout the season. So they haven't fully announced that yet. So that we have to figure out when that those Dodgers home games against the Rockies and Diamondbacks will be, but. That's something for later, but what we have now is a 162-game season. We're recording this on Wednesday, March 16th. Uh, spring training games start in two days. Um, so uh, you, I think the wins for the, the players, minimum salary, it was up 22%. They wanted to get young players paid more. That was a good thing. It's now $700,000. Uh, it goes up to $780,000 throughout the uh, life of the deal. The competitive balance tax went up. Uh, there was some movement there uh, towards the end. Uh, last year was $210 million, the threshold. Now it's $230. Um, and then it goes up to $244. I mean, and you look at it, That's it's not exactly, but it's essentially the midpoint um, from where they were sort of at in December. So it's like, you know, it always tends to sort of come down to that. The one thing that the uh, Players Union got, like, sort of not out of nothing because they gave up some stuff, but one of the things they were able to create was a bonus pool uh, for players with under three years of service time. Actually, uh, also, the anyone who's not eligible yet for arbitration basically is eligible for the bonus pool, and it's $50 million per year. Um, so that's like an, you know, an extra thing they got. Um, we're going to have 12-team playoffs where the, the top two division winners in each league get buys. There's a draft lottery. The top six spots are drawn. I'm, you know... Baseball is not like other sports where you like. There's no like LeBron. If even if there's a LeBron James in baseball, nobody comes in from, especially from high school, right? Like 
nobody's coming in from high school to the team like right away. So like there's not like an immediate turnaround uh, for stuff like that. But I don't know how much that's going to help competitive balance. But another quirk, well, maybe we'll dig into the CBA later. But we just have a lot of stuff to get to today. So I'm just going to touch on this. The Another thing was um, they limited the number of times a player can be optioned in a season to five. So the Dodgers, as you know, like they're pretty good about dealing with whatever the like the rules are, and they'll just sort of um, exploit them as needed. I guess is the way to put it. Um, but Mitch White last year, for instance, was optioned eleven times, so they have to figure out that's going to change some stuff uh, how things go. So yeah, um, that's like set now. And then you know this this all happened last week, almost a week ago. It was Thursday when the deal was reached. Um, free agency opened because the lockout was lifted. Um, then immediately on Friday, Clayton Kershaw, um, the news broke that he um, uh, came to an agreement, a one-year deal. Um, honestly, I was a little surprised by that. I didn't see any of the, the people in Arizona. I didn't go to spring training, but the people in Arizona were like, um, you know, talking to him and stuff. I don't know why exactly he only signed a one-year deal. Maybe maybe it's just because, you know, coming off an injury, maybe he can have a better market next year. But I also, he's, he was deciding between the Dodgers and Rangers, and, you know, maybe he's he wants just to have that decision at hand uh, a year from now. But um, the deal became official on Sunday. Uh, that was the first day players reported. So Kershaw, it was one year, $17 million. He can earn up to $5 million in bonuses based on starts. Uh, if he wins the Cy Young, he gets a million and a half bonus. Uh, that was the same as his last contract, although he didn't get the bonuses there. Uh, if he's second or third, he gets $500,000. Um, but it was more of a sigh of relief because that was like a big thing sort of hanging over um, uh, the team. Like, obviously, they wanted him back, and, it was, it was, and he wanted to come back. He said the differentiator between... Dodgers and Rangers was the fact that the Dodgers uh, can win a World Series. So it wasn't like he didn't say it as a shot to Texas, but it's like you're clearly not that good, not good enough yet. You know, like like it's hard to read it any other way. So the other stuff is all like sort of in limbo. Um, like Trevor Bauer is on the administrative on administrative leave right now because things have started back. So we, we're still sort of waiting on it. It's the same thing. Like we. Don't really know when MLB is going to announce, uh, finish their investigation or whatever. But some of the other reported stuff, Hanser Alberto, uh, I can say, honestly, I did not see this coming. Uh, they signed him for the bench. They haven't announced that yet. Um, one year plus an option. On the surface, doesn't look like much, right? 91 uh, win, uh, WRC plus the last three years. You know, d- decent. I mean, it's not very good offensively, but... Also, the third lowest strikeout rate in Major League Baseball during that time. He only strikes out 10% of the time. Also, plays – it's some of the um, defensive metrics are mixed on this, but I would say he's mostly plus defense at second and third and passable at short, I would say. Um, some of the things have uh, him as a below average at second, um, but there it's close enough to average. You know, it's not – I don't want to say it's it's having Kike Hernandez back because he hasn't really played much outfield, and it's not the same necessarily same level. But it's it's having that you, you know they want that versatility on the bench, and given how the depth was tested last year, that's a huge thing. And then Jimmy Nelson back as well, also not 
um, yet announced, but he's also, he had um, Tommy John surgery and flexor tendon repair in August. So it's going to be like, um, it would take a lot for him to pitch this year. Uh, he's going to go on the 60 day injured list immediately. So he's not really going to take up a 40 man spot this morning. Uh, he told Bill Plunkett of the Orange County register, uh, in Arizona, um, that he's hoping to pitch by September. Uh, he said there's unfinished business for me personally. And then some of the notable, uh, non-roster, uh, guys signed. I mentioned Shane Green, Jake Lamb was also signed this week. Uh, former, uh, Diamondbacks third baseman been mostly like hurt and unproductive the last like four years. But, like, um, he was pretty good back in the day, so we'll see what's going on there. But it's all coming down to, like, um, now we're just sort of waiting on what Freddie Freeman's going to do. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I'll just, I'll throw it to you before I, we talk about this. But where were you at, like, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but where were you at in the earlier in the offseason when, like, there were at least rumblings about the Dodgers inter- being interested in Freddie Freeman? I mean, because <clears throat> – that happened a while ago, and I just mm-hmm. it makes kind of makes sense to me. And the like, when you lose a Corey Seager's bat, you're just you're kind of missing, especially a left-handed bat. But just in general, you're missing a little bit of oomph that you've come to expect from the Dodgers. With no like, it's then where it not a necessary move if Cody Bellinger or Gavin Lux kind of like figure it out this year. But you don't necessarily want to bank on that. Yeah. Uh, so it always kind of made sense to me, but I always kind of thought he's just going to go back to the Braves. <laughs> this is not right. Yeah, that I I, I sort of thought I, I for sure thought he's clearly going back to the Braves. That was like number one. But also, like I thought it was kind of overkill a little bit. Um, you know, with the DH coming, um, it's you, you, on one hand, and, and Muncie's not limited to first, so it's not that big of a deal. But like, it just seemed like a. I guess because they, you know, you could say they lost Seager and they're just going to use that money, although it's not a 10-year deal. Maybe well, he hasn't signed yet, so we don't know. But, um, like, it's – I didn't put much stock into it until very recently. And, like, it's now, like, seems like uh, it would be an upset if the Dodgers don't sign him now, mm-hmm. which is weird. And it's really obviously accelerated the last few days. I'll say this. This is weird. Well, for one, the context is that normally when you're at a point where there's access to talk to players and management, um, they it's in the off in the off season when these players are available, you, you don't really have that access, right? Maybe at the winter meetings or something. Um, but since it's spring training and there's still people unsigned, it's maybe it's more open. But I would say the Dodgers generally don't talk about people, even like like people there, even free agents. Just Andrew Friedman like doesn't like to just put his hand out there and stuff. But like Dave Roberts last week over Zoom before he went out to Arizona, he said, I would love for Freddie Freeman to be in a Dodgers uniform. Who wouldn't? He later said that he spoke to Freddie Freeman before the lockout. Um, Max Muncy was on KLAC with David Basset last week. Uh, he said, imagine how dangerous we'd be if we get him in the lineup, talking about Freeman. Uh, it makes me really excited. And this is a guy who, again, is the Dodgers' first baseman. So, um, But obviously, he can play other positions. And then, uh, so we, we were at um, uh, Dim Sum. Uh, I was at Dim, Dim Sum on Monday. This is a usual uh, New Year's thing where uh, Jacob, if he's in town, uh, will meet up and we will go to Dim Sum. A uh, friend of the show, Craig Manami, was there. Dave Young. 
uh, Sissy and Marty were there, all all friends of the show and site. Um, uh, we were there at Dim Sum when the um, news broke that the Braves traded for A's first baseman, Matt Olson. And it was funny, just sort of the crescendo of how we all sort of put together what that meant uh, in, in regards to Freeman. And it, it was like, uh, I heard it was like, oh. And then you know, it got to Dave, he's like, oh. Like, we're just all like, we're all discovering, wait a minute, that means the Braves aren't going to have Freeman. Like, and then that the whole like, well, he's obviously just going to go back to Atlanta is gone now. And then subsequently yesterday, um, uh, the Braves signed Olsen to an eight-year deal um, at probably roughly the same amount of money that Freeman might get uh, in like a shorter deal. But like that's that's sort of where they're at. Uh, and then that day, uh, Monday, Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw, uh, talking to Plunkett again. I think he was just talking to reporters, but this is from Plunkett's story. Um, obviously, it leaves Freddie kind of out there for us. <laughs> so they're just like openly going, yep, uh, we're, we want him, like very clear. Um, and so this is a very weird situation. But then you look at it now, um, uh, the dominoes are sort of falling in the, the like the, the Dodgers' favor, I would say. So... Uh, some of the other suitors, like the Yankees, were rumored to be in, but then they just signed last night Anthony Rizzo for two years. Um, the Blue Jays were rumored to be in it as well. This morning they trade, traded for Olsen's former teammate, uh, third baseman Matt Chapman. Um, they also have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base. So it's it's unlike, it's hard to imagine they would also be in for Freeman after doing all that. Um, and it seems now, so, it's the, so there's like three, three other main suitors besides the Dodgers that have been mentioned, like the Padres, the Red Sox, and the Rays. So the Padres, I was looking, they're already at like $210 million in 2022 in luxury tax uh, per COTS. And they were only one of one of only two teams to pay the tax last year, along with the Dodgers. They barely went over, but paid a little bit of tax. Call me, uh, like, I'll believe them going over the tax a second year in a row when I see it. Now, also, they would have to, to do to like stay under the tax if they sign Freeman. They'd have to try to trade Eric Hosmer, who's making a lot, but also they'd have to like package a prospect or, or two to like do that. Are they willing, really willing to do that? Like, they also just lost Fernando Tatis for three months. So it's, I don't know what they're going to do, but it doesn't seem as like it, at least they're not in a position to say outbid the Dodgers, right? Like, it would be very, um, surprising if that were the case and then the red Sox, same sort of the same boat a little bit they're at 213 million right now again the the threshold this first year is 230 they're not they've paid the tax you know a good amount over the years but it'd be weird to have like two years removed from them trading mookie bets to like try to get under the tax to now so they can sign freeman like imagine sell like on one hand you don't want to try to keep justifying a bad decision by making more bad decisions, but it's hard to turn around and be like, yeah, this remember how we wanted to, we should have kept Mookie Betts. Well, here's Freddie Freeman. Well, that's not Mookie Betts. You know what I mean? Like it'd be weird. Um, so the, and then the Rays ob- would be the weirdest. Obviously um, Ken Rosenthal sort of outlined the process of why the Rays might be interested. Um, you know, he, he mentioned they'd have to like structure the deal creatively. But I think the takeaway in this, this was a quote from Rosenthal's piece. 
In the end, the Rays' quest for Freeman might only succeed in driving up the price for the Dodgers, their opponent in the 2020 World Series, or the Blue Jays or Yankees, a division rival. So that was like, that's probably part of their interest. It's hard, again, it's hard to see them outbidding the Dodgers. So like, but we're just like in wait and see mode. We were, we're sort of joking like, when we started recording, like it would be great for the podcast if Freeman like signs. He put out a goodbye letter um, on Instagram uh, to Atlanta, but he obviously didn't mention like a new team or anything. And then you, uh, Bob Nightingale um, sort of quote tweeted it, and he he, he said uh, Freddie Freeman gone but forgotten, and he forgot a word there, but it was made it one of the funniest tweets we've ever seen. And, and I had to laughing up about delay that. Yeah, start like, recording because we couldn't stop giggling over it. Yep. So. so, yeah, speaking of um, potentially Dodgers first baseman, um, my trivia question for you today. Yeah. How many current Sportsnet LA broadcast members have started at first base for the Dodgers on opening day? I will answer that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How many members of the Sportsnet LA crew uh, talent have started at first base on opening day for the Dodgers? So uh, the over-under on this number, I assume, is three and a half for me. So I'm, I'll, go, I'll go four and see if the chips fall correctly or not. Um, okay, so it's actually, it's actually three, but I'm going to look up something to see if you got it right because I've overlooked <laughs> something that might might tilt it in your favor. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I was. I'm like, I can, I know it's yeah. three, and then maybe. <laughs> okay, I, so I think he's technically so so the 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 one in question who we're probably all thinking of, Steve Garvey, is not considered a part of the broadcast crew. Like he's an occasional. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> he's like occasional guest. I think Sean Green is in that same boat. He also, uh, this would put it up to five if Sean Green was included, but like he's not included in there either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just uh, the news this week was, so the Dodgers added uh, a bunch of people to their broadcast uh, crew: uh, Jessica Mendoza, Jose Mota, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Eric Caros, and Dontrell Willis. Uh, they're gonna um, Mendoza, Caros, uh, and Willis are gonna do. Uh, a bit of uh, road games on TV. Uh, now that means that uh, Oral Hershiser's schedule is going to be um, uh, cut down a little bit this year. He, I, I reached out to him. He said he it was his idea. Um, we'll put a story up on the site. We'll link to it in the show notes. But yeah, um, he's happy to still, you know, be working. But he he wanted to sort of cut down on the schedule a little bit. That's what he said. Um, so, but the, the, so the three in question who did start was, were obviously Karos, who started nine times at first. Uh, that's the second most opening day first base starts for the Dodgers. Gil Hodges had 12. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez had five in a row from 2013 to 17. And then the, uh, the third is Nomar Garcia Parra starting at first base in 2007. Um, uh, Steve Garvey started eight 
uh, games at first, but doesn't count on the broadcast crew. And uh, Sean Green started once in 2004. Uh, Jerry Hairston had some games at first. Is that it was another name but, that I was throwing, uh, yeah, throwing in there. Not opening day. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, maybe, maybe it was like a weird injury thing, and he actually got there on an opening day. So, so um, um, we, he was actually we the. Have- the name I was more curious about, um, yeah. on, uh, and I figured, see, I, the, the, what I was betting on is you had a trick up your sleeve and you wanted there to be a one weird weirdo name in here. The, the, <laughs> and, and the sort of in, in this respect, the, the outlier is, is Nomar, but like, but like, I remember you, kn- that. you also, I remember that he had to but... get a new glove and break it in <laughs> yeah. a lot of, and then, a lot of stories about that, that year where the Dodgers had like, the infield with like four shortstops at times where, but like, you know, former shortstops or whatever. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we, we do have a bit of breaking news, not, um, Freddie Freeman related, but old friend related, uh, Ken Rosenthal is reporting, uh, the Royals, uh, are in agreement with Zach Greinke. Um, That's awesome. Hey, so, yeah. I'm going to go see a Zach game. This is great. Nice. Maybe he'll play, uh, the, uh, Dodgers play in Kansas city this year. Uh, mm. I am, Hoping to go to all three games. The last time this occurred, I was hoping to go all three games and had a Tuesday wedding I had to go to that derailed <laughs> that. And I uh, I knew I was going to miss the first game because I was coming back from a trip. But the last minute Tuesday wedding derailed the second Wait. day. And Craig was out visiting, and I wasn't able. Was to, it, I was only able to go to one game with him. Was it the Adams family? Uh, what? A, t- a Tuesday wedding? No, it's funny because my trip I was coming back from. Uh, was in Indiana featuring my cousins who are the Adams family. I was, like, I was like, I'm like, how do you remember this? <laughs> that's, that's a little creepy, Eric. <laughs> you know what? Um, okay. Okay. Now, yeah. the thing... Hmm, but the the character... I, so I met... Hmm, so Christina Ricci played... Wednesday, Adams. Yeah, the character is Wednesday. I thought you were just stretching it a little bit. But there is... Hmm. Then why is it coming... So it still comes up like... This is a Bernstein-Bernstein situation. I, I knew of <laughs> Wednesday Adams, but I thought there was also a Tuesday Adams for some reason. But it doesn't... It ruins my joke that I, I screwed that up. But on, on Google, um, it's like... you. I searched for Tuesday Adams and... People also ask, is it Adam's Wednesday or Tuesday? <laughs> like, you know, it's just funny. But oh well. So I screwed up the joke, but ha ha, anyway. Whatever. Your excuse to avoid admitting that you, you stock my personal life a little bit too much. <laughs> That's hey, right. You, yeah. You have a Dodgers rewind for us? Sort of. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, last, so just uh, on Tuesday, I believe it became official. Um, Andrew Vasquez, he uh, signed a one-year major league deal with the Toronto Blue Jays for $800,000. Um, he was with the Dodgers last year for a very brief amount of time. They just acquired him from the Twins in a minor league deal on August 31st for catcher Steve Berman. He um, made it up to the majors uh, shortly thereafter, um, pitched in two games for the Dodgers. And why don't I have that in front of me? Um, but he, yeah, he didn't give up a run, uh, walked, uh, excuse me, struck out three, did pretty well. Um, he had a one, two, three inning, uh, with two strikeouts in his last game of the year. Um, 
I don't really have much to say about him. He was from Ranch Cucamonga. Um, so it was kind of cool to see sort of the, the hometown guy come home. But he's he's twenty eight, uh, or was uh, this last year was his twenty eight age twenty eight season, so he's going to be twenty nine this year. But yeah, so he got a major league deal after spending most of the year in the minors, so good for him. Uh, but yeah, it, this was uh, as you can imagine, very scrambling uh, putting together this episode, so that it was a very quick uh, rewind. But uh, my question to you no. in uh, regarding uh, Andrew Vasquez and others, um, how many? How many Dodgers pitched in a game in 2021? You know, this was the big number we were following, uh, and now now I forgot it. Uh, yeah. Does it start with a three? Yes. 37. So I'm going to give you that one uh, on a on a technicality. Okay. In that, that's the number of pitchers, pitchers yeah. who pitched in a game. <laughs> and, uh, but then if you add in Andy Burns, who's, who is one of the non-roster invitees back, um, uh, and Justin Turner, who made 39. Um, so the other point I was going to uh, – Andrew Vasquez, so he, he was on the 40-man uh, for September, and then um, they actually non-tendered him um, in November uh, to create room on the 40-man. So – that's when he became a free agent at that point, and so now he's in Toronto. Well, you know what? I worked up a, a bonus trivia question just in case because you weren't sure if you were going to have one yep. um, going into this. And I don't know if I'm going. This question is going to be relevant after like the Royals signed Freddie Freeman. So uh, <laughs> it's a Freddie Freeman question. Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman went to his first All Star game, winning the final vote in 2013. I've got multi tiers for you. <laughs> Uh-huh. Can you name the four people he beat? <laughs> or how, let me even put it this way. How many can you name? Okay. I'll give um, you one hint. There are two Dodgers on this list. Okay. I The one Dodger that I immediately thought of was Adrian Gonzalez. Yep. And then, okay. So trying to think. Um, 13. Oh, oh, uh, Yasiel Puig. Yep. Yeah. And who? Who, who, even though he played like a handful of games yeah. at that point, he probably should have made the All Star team because it was just a crazy story. But uh, and so he was hitting like four hundred. Any any guesses on the other names in that list? Mm. So they usually do. I'm trying to think if they, if if at some point they they mixed up. I think it's all position players. So this um, is actually really interesting. I'm looking at this uh, on the National League side, it's all position players. On the American League side, which is going to be it's my next mix. part, it, no, it's all pitchers. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, it might depend on the like the roster too, like how they set yeah. it up. But, yep. Um, yep. Um, okay, so thirteen. Um, let's go. <laughs> Man, this is tough. Um, A San Francisco outfielder. Oh, an outfielder. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go. Oh, Hunter Pence. Yep. And a Nationals shortstop. Ian Desmond? Yeah, yeah. All right. Nice. I <laughs> wouldn't have got those other hands. American League, you've got reps from Toronto, New York, Boston, Texas, and Detroit. Can you name any of them? God. Can you name the winner? Um, Can you name the winner? How about that? Um, Boston, New York, to Toronto, Detroit, and where? Toronto, New York, Boston, Texas, Detroit. Um, and it was a pitcher. Yep, they're all pitchers. 
Mm. No. <laughs> no, let's see. Um, let me think. Uh, this is a collection of names. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Neftali Feliz? Nope. I'm going to give you one more guess. I'm just going to say the names. Are they? Okay. Um, so it's. I was I was thinking of. Um, oh, let's go Annabelle Sanchez then. Nope. All right. Your names are the winner, Steve Delabar. <laughs> New York's either, represented uh, David Robertson. Was I think, you know, maybe you could have gotten there if you had stretched. Yep. Um, from Boston, uh, Koji Uehara. Nice. From Texas, Tanner Sheppers. And uh, from Detroit, Joaquin Benoit. Benoit. So and who was the winner? Uh, Steve Delabar. Ah, nice. <laughs> Hilarious. So there you go. Uh, and the, the, that was the, the first final vote. No, no, not no. We had plenty of final votes before that. It and was just the not, not quite final final vote. Yeah. Um, anywho. Uh, hey, speaking of questions and trivia <laughs> questions for Eric, it's time for... Questions from Craig. Let's start off with some trivia questions from Craig. Let's do it. Oh, maybe, they're, Dave, maybe they're sorry, some related. Of, speaking of David Robertson, he yeah. just signed today with the Cubs. Oh, there you go. Very timely of you to ask that. <laughs> um, all right. When it first opened, Dodger Stadium was a tough place to score runs. Can Eric name the top five pitchers with shutouts? Defined as complete game wins at Dodger Stadium. Um, hint: three are Hall of Famers. One is this. Is this all time? Uh, this is all time at Dodger okay. Stadium. Yep. Um, three are Hall of Fame, and only one pitched in the near Jacob era. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna qualify that by saying that's a generous use of the term near. Um. Um, okay. I was like, oh, he said there's top five and three of them are in the Hall of Fame. Correct. Okay. So the Hall of Famers uh, have almost got to be um, Sutton, Drysdale, Koufax. Yep. Um, Sutton with 34, Koufax with 23, Drysdale with 16. I thought Drysdale had more, but... And then... Hershiser. Not. He's number seven with 13. Hmm. So, wow. So is it um, Valenzuela? Valenzuela with 17. Okay. And that that is your near Jacob era. Again. <laughs> and he's the only one in the Jacob era? Y- yeah, correct. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, crosses... Chad Billingsley off with no, I, I wouldn't. I was thinking Kershaw, <laughs> but I know I know he's short. Um, so Kershaw of nine, by the way. Ooh, let's. Mm. This is number two on the list with twenty-four oh. shots out. Shut up, uh, Claude Osteen. There you go. Nice. Can Eric name the six starting pitchers to have more than ten games pitched with ten or more strikeouts at Dodger Stadium, and for an extra credit bonus, can Eric name the three non-Dodger start? Uh, non-Dodger pitchers with at least five games with 10 or more strikeouts. Um, so, uh, Koufax and Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw with 44, Koufax with 38. Fernando. Uh, Fernando with 11. Wow. Um, would have thought it was more. Um, 
I don't, man. It's well, it's just I think it's got to be. Um, let's just go with Drysdale. Uh, with eleven, tied with Fernando. For longevity, I'm going to go back to the well and go Don Sutton. With nineteen, you are missing one player who pitched mm-hmm. in actual Jacob era with fourteen. With ten strikeouts. Um, did he do it in three years? Um, what was it? Grinky? It was not. Um, not on my list. Um, uh, what? Oh, Ramon Martinez. Uh, no, uh, Ramon had nine. Oh, Nomo. Nomo, it is with fourteen. Nice. Oh, and then the the other um, the non Dodgers. So. Um, Nolan Ryan. Nope. Really? I, not uh, a lot of games in the National League, right? It has to be a Dodger Stadium, so. Uh, but like a good decade of them, though. I guess I, I, you're right. Yeah. All right. Fine. Um, Tom, <laughs> Tom Seaver. Uh, nope. Stop lying. Um, Juan Marichal. The hell? Um, the teams are an Angels Steve pitcher, oh, sorry. Nope, an Astros pitcher, uh, and a pitcher who did it with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. That one should help uh, a lot. So Schilling. Yep. Uh, you said Angels and Astros. Yep. Um. Angels. Angels. Um. <laughs> well, this is stupid. Um. <laughs> Let's think here. Um, it c- no, um, it couldn't be uh, like Jared Weaver. Nope, it could um, not be. You were correct. Yes, yeah, I was right. Yay! <laughs> He's gone um, and forgotten. So, <laughs> um, let's think to the Astros here. Um, good lord! Um, not enough time with that guy. Let's, I'm just going to go Roy Oswalt and take my lumps. Uh, lumps you will take. The answer, uh, uh, Dean Chance for the Angels. God, come on. Yeah. Uh, and J.R. Richard for Astros. I didn't think of the whole Angels as the home team aspect. Uh, Nolan Ryan had 19 games at Dodger Stadium, by the way. Uh, I don't Wait, know so if I can. I'm I'm looking to see oh, if I Oh, in his oh, in 19 total games pitched. Okay. Yeah. I was like, then why isn't he on the list? <laughs> <laughs> he should have a lot. Um, <laughs> He's truly gone but forgotten. All right. Anywho, um, I don't have time to actually drill yeah, down yeah. into how no, many shoutouts. Totally. I wanted to, wanted to give that to you. Ten pitchers have thrown a complete game no-hitter at Dodgers Stadium. Six of those are Dodgers. Can Eric name those six pitchers? Of the remaining four, three pitched no-hitters against the Dodgers. Please name them. Um, oh, well, let, yeah. Okay. Um, so the six Dodgers. Kovacs. Um, yep. Fernando. Yep. Kershaw. Yep. Uh, Kevin Gross. Yep. Ramon Martinez. Yep. I'm missing one. Uh, yeah, no, no, hold on. I think <laughs> I named five. Uh, that's, uh, oh, um, yeah, six, yeah. 
yes, you're missing one. Okay. Um, is it? Hmm, is it Bill Singer? It is. There we go. Sorry, I was reading this. Okay. I think you said this name, but now I'm not positive. Yeah, there you go. There's your six. Okay, so the other four, um, three were against the Dodgers. So you have uh, El Presidente. Um, um, who are the other? No hitter at Dodger Stadium. So Nolan Ryan was Astrodome. Um, wow. Oh, um, I was in, in, I was in attendance for this. Uh, Jake Arrieta's one hitter. Yep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so there's only one other one. Um, man. Oh, okay. So this is, oh, complete game. No hitters. Cause there was the Cubs one last year that I forgot about. Um. Hmm. This is tough. Um, John Candelaria. Nope. Okay, I'm gonna skip over to the Angels one real quick. Yep. I think. I think it's Dean Chance. It is not. Bobolinsky. Yep. There you go. I was gonna say him first too. Damn it. So the other, I don't know who the other non-Dodger is. Kent Merker. God, why do? Mm. That's but, the one I have a personal story yeah. about. <laughs> uh, my friend, my friend Tom, we were in high school. Sorry. No, you're um, fine. Um, we were in high school uh, senior year, and um, my friend Tom had tickets to the game, Dodgers Braves. It was a Friday night. It was the 20th anniversary of Hank Aaron um, breaking the home run record. And it was about a two-hour drive to Palm Springs, and my mom did not want me to do that. So, uh, like, she was literally about, uh, you know, kid driving. I mean, we're 18, whatever, but, like, um, so, yeah, I didn't get to go. And then he pitched a no-hitter, and I was very <laughs> mad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the story. Six Dodger pitchers have thrown more than 1,100 innings at Dodger Stadium. Can Eric name them from lowest, which is 1,107, to highest, which is 2,027? Note that the gap from second to sixth is only 206 innings compared to the over 800 innings from second to first. Okay. Um, well, first is, is pretty obviously Don Sutton. Yep. 1,107. Um I'm trying to think here. Um, ooh, just thinking. Is that Fernando? It is not. In that case, um, uh, wait, is it Oral? It is not. I will let you know. You named. You just named fourth and fifth. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. So. Is I say just to skip a little bit, is Kershaw third? Kershaw is third. Barely. Okay. So eleven oh seven then is probably Oh god. Um 
Oh man, this is tough. Um, is eleven oh seven Drysdale? It is. And then that makes second Claude Osteen. There you go. Nice. Well done. That's it. That's it for trivia. You did well. You did well today. Wow. I'm proud of you. According to the Sport Rec, there were 15, 15 Major League Baseball uh, teams with payrolls above 140 million and seven teams below 90 million. Eric and Jacob, for the contest, two things. Name the amount between the highest payroll and the lowest payroll without going over. Uh, for example, in 2021, uh, the Dodger payroll was uh, 223 million, some change, uh, more than the Marlins of 42 million. That's using sport, sport track numbers. Um, and okay. then, sorry, the other part of the question is name the teams that will pay the luxury tax this season. Those, those are the um, two parts. Let's do the let's do the teams first. Yep. Um, wait, we just na- okay. So, do I mean, I th- do. So I think I'm giving us both Dodgers and Mets because they're both already like yeah. over. <laughs> um, so we both say that. I think for sure. Um, I haven't honestly haven't looked at all the other payrolls, but I, I think I think Yankees. Um, I'll oh, go and ahead Phillies, and say I think it's just the Dodgers and the Mets. I think I'm going to say Yankees Phillies. Okay. The Phillies signed Schwarber today, and I know they were close last year. Mm. Schwarber got 79 million over four years. Um, after getting like one year deal and non tendered. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the previous couple years. Um, so then the the number between so Mets it's either going to be Mets or Dodgers. Number one probably Mets. Um, and the lowest. Um, looking at what the uh, A's and Reds are doing, they're they're on a race right now to get to that spot. Um, <laughs> so let's say I'm gonna say two hundred and forty-seven million. I will go lower. I'm actually doing my rough numbers. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I actually think it's going to be. <sighs> what did you say? Two forty-seven. I'm gonna go two twenty-five. <laughs> Wait, I could go one dollar. He's price rice rules. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go one dollar. <laughs> That'd be. Hel- I mean, <laughs> if we I look actually... back at this, like. A year from now, we're like, what the hell was I doing one dollar well, for? We're gonna do something where all of a sudden, in the next few weeks, like the the Reds and the A's like just decide to start spending, <laughs> and then every team is like really close to like literally the it's gonna be literally a dollar, and then I, <laughs> I will give you one thousand dollars if that's the case. So, if you hit it on the nose. How creative will the Dodgers be for uh, signing someone like Freddie Freeman without knowing what will happen with Trevor Bauer? Do you see something like a large signing bonus but smaller annual amounts for the first two years? Could that help mitigate the luxury tax hit? I don't know. I don't see tax or cash flow being a problem for them. Um, so maybe they might. It might be a, like a heavy signing bonus, but maybe spread out. Maybe for, just for tax reasons for Freeman, because um, the the bonus isn't taxed in where you play. Um, 
like your salary is. Um, so it's probably something like that. But like, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think the cash flow is a problem. So I don't, I think it, if they sign them, they sign them. Um, and like, it, it, who knows? Like there was reports, like I think Heyman had something like, the Dodgers offered like five one forty. That seemed low to me. And then Bob Nightingale had something where the Dodgers had a four year offer on the table. If it's something like that, I always sort of envision like four one forty, where they just go higher mm-hmm. on the average value, which would obviously hurt more against the tax. But um, like, yeah, I, I don't see him getting super like um, weird with it. I think it would be fairly straightforward. Um, before we get on to the next uh, question, I do have more breaking news. Uh-huh. Um, so they just MLB just released the revised schedule, and I'm I'm looking through it in real time here to give you the when the Dodgers uh, games are extra. Okay, so um, May seventeenth, uh, the Dodgers are going to. Oh, that's weird. They added uh, one of the one game. Why were they off that Tuesday? Maybe I'm just reading the the schedule wrong. So it looks like they're just spreading the. So July sixth was a, a common off day for the, both the Dodgers and Rockies. So one of the four games of the Dodgers um, Rockies four game series is going to be tacked on to there, and then the other three are the last three uh games of the season um oh so i know it, what it is is Sorry, it just a ahead. game in the middle of the week just uh, a one no, game series sort no of? i read the thing wrong so okay. yeah so now the funny part is so you have now the dodgers were already ending the season against the rockies at home so now they end the season <laughs> with a six game series against the rockies at home which is awesome that's kind of now, awesome yeah no what it was that the the may date that i mentioned earlier that's the middle game of a three-game series, and it's going to be a doubleheader day. Got it. That that so, makes way more sense. <laughs> Just yeah. Like, all right, so Rockies, the, fly back here. <laughs> and then in in September, wow, that's a heavy September finish. September nineteenth uh, to the twenty second, the the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are going to play uh, five games in four days. So that was originally a three-game series from the twentieth to the twenty second, Monday or Tuesday to Thursday. Now it's Monday to Thursday with uh, doubleheader Tuesday, That's and then awesome. oh, yeah, so yeah, uh, not a thing I would want on a regular. But this is a sweet little yeah. one off. But I like I, I I absolutely adore the six games with the Rockies to finish. That's that's a fun, that's a fun thing. So. Are they, and they're all at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, those are all home games. That's oh, what a week. I'll have, to, I'll have to see if I can. Maybe maybe I'll come out. Maybe I'll come visit. And, and I think uh, let me. I'm just looking real quick. They're they're also home before they have like one series before that. Um, okay. Wait, just confirming it before we move on. No, I lied. They were they're in San Diego right before that. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, hungry now. Sorry, I read Craig's the food question. <laughs> I'm getting really hungry. Uh, all right, moving on to the next question, which is not the food question. Lots of new additions to the Dodger broadcasting crew. Uh, the one thing I'd like to see are Statcast features on more. What are your thoughts about all the new uh, 2B Dodger broadcast additions? Yeah, so uh, the, the main thing for me is like the the switch, like we talked about earlier, like the that Oral is going to do less games because um, they're going to sort of divvy up most of the road. I think he might do some road games, but I think most of his stuff's going to be at home. 
So that's going to be a change to sort of get used to um, a little bit. But um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more like stuff, but I think it's, it's a matter of presentation. Like Joe Davis does a pretty good job of like presenting um, stuff, you know, just generally like he, he's, he's a good conduit for adding stuff like that. So that's not a, that would be good. Um, but it's, it's all a matter of how it's presented, right? Like you don't want to like overload the broadcast with stuff. But I think, yeah, it wouldn't bother me to, if, like, for instance, if they, I think they, I'm trying to think, I, I can't picture what the, the normal, like, person batting, and then they show the stat. They usually show, like, OPS, right, now, or no? Am I, am I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the worst if they added maybe a couple things to that, like, I, I you feel know? like OPS gets listed, but I guess I yeah. can't right. I can't definitively say either, so. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, it like. It certainly gets mentioned yeah. a lot, and, like, I think a lot's. And it's something that Joe Davis has been good at is sort of normalizing and explaining yeah. some of the more stats if they are pointing to something interesting. Um, I th- I, this is a good time to bring up uh, in Joe Davis news uh, with uh, Joe oh, Buck right. going to ESPN. I, I don't think anything official has been announced, but you would pres- Joe Davis presumably is the favorite to take over World Series calling duties. Yes, I, I would imagine that too. He, he called one of the uh, like the other. Um, he called Game Seven what? of the NLCS. He called the uh, the other or the other division series that yeah. uh, for Fox last year that wasn't the the A team as it were. But yeah, he called Game Seven of the NLCS for the Dodgers when Buck was doing football and was really good at it. Like yeah. I know, obviously, it was a big Dodger win, and but I think hearing from. Neutral fans, they all thought he did a really good job of making sure he was neutral while still providing a really good broadcast. Right. Exactly right. And then uh, that's the thing. So, like, Joe Buck, that, that became official today going to ESPN, uh, for moving with Troy Aikman for Monday Night Football, but that takes him off of Fox. And he, it's it's weird to think about this. <laughs> like, Joe Buck has called every World Series game since 2000. <laughs> like, that's a long time, like, yeah. uh, and so it's going to be weird just to have someone who's not him. I know he's people like people always complain. I think whoever's the national announcer, but like he he got a lot of crap over the years, and he had uh, a period. I I could you know not baseball, but the the helmet catch call is just one of the most awful calls I think in sports, and just how unexcited oh. he is by yeah. one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. Um, and it was during that streak where I didn't I did not like him a lot. It felt like he yeah. lacked enthusiasm, but I thought. But he's really? generally pretty good. Like, yeah, I really thought, good, especially like, lately, like, you know, sure, I prefer Joe Davis, and there are other ones that I prefer, but, like, generally didn't bother me. Now, his uh, color commenter, um, when he starts talking about golf, a little, little less interested oh. in that, but uh, and then and to, Multi's going you, nowhere, as far as I know. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned the knock about, like, um, um, Davis, I mean, not Davis, um, Joe Buck being pretty... Um, unexcited, I guess yeah. is the way to put it. And like, but like we, I think he sort of benefited from Drew Carey taking over Price is Right, who is like the most even droll <laughs> response person ever. Like, no, that is unexcited. Like Joe Davis is like, uh, like Bobcat Goldthwaite, um, compared to that. So, uh, yeah, it's not so bad. And Joe, I'll say Joe Buck's call of the, the Muncie 18 and then home run is, is great. <laughs> uh, his ability to exude the like, Oh my gosh, it's finally over while still making an exciting call. So good on that. Um, on the broadcast editions, um, uh, 
all the names I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, speaking of people that get unjust criticism, I think uh, Jessica Mendoza has been fine on ESPN. Yep, the ESPN broadcast is bad and is always bad. So I don't want to read too much into like her individual <laughs> contribution to that, just because I think that's kind of at the at the top level there. Um, uh, Dontrell Willis, I've really really enjoyed um, on TBS. Is that the, Fox, the, Fox? Fox. He's okay. On Fox, yeah. Um, uh, last year in the playoffs, thought he gave a lot of really good insight and did so in a really engaging manner. So those are the names I'm yeah. most looking forward to, but I'm I'm looking forward to it all. He's really good. All right, food question. Tomorrow I'll be making corned beef and cabbage in a slow cooker. I know Jacob's feelings about soup, uh, but do you have any one-pot meals that you might enjoy as we move from winter to spring? Hmm. Winter is my big one-pot month, just because uh, chili yeah. and there's a, I guess it's a soup, it's an onion soup, but it's so thick with onions and sausage and bread. It's actually a bread soup that... I am able to eat it, uh, even though I don't. I'm not particularly a fan of of soup. Um, in the more warmer months, we make a lot of um, like chicken dips in, yeah. in the crock pot, buffalo chicken dip, or um, sort of Mexican spice chick- chicken dip. What, what about you? So uh, about a week and a half ago, I made red beans and rice for the first time. Mm-hmm. I had red beans and rice for the first time by making it, and it was really good. I liked it. I'm I'm generally not a beans person, but I think most of it is that. Um, I don't like baked beans, and I think I've I've wrongly sort of uh, blanketed over all beans with that dislike. Uh, I do like refried beans, like in Mexican food and stuff, but like that's about it. And so I generally avoid beans. I guess chili is the exception. But um, no, so no. I, I've sort of, if you know beans about chili, Eric, you know. Yeah, chili has no beans. <laughs> yeah, we'll see yeah. about that. I am. I made chili last month or two months ago or something. With with steak um, and with beans in there, Ugh. and I like it with beans. And uh, I'm gonna probably make I'm gonna make more chili with that. But no, one thing I do want to do um, is actually make refried beans um, rather than the my lifelong either. Usually it's just fast food, but um, uh, my lifelong thing would be if I had it at home. I just because I bought a can of refried beans and then heated that up. Um, but I'm going to try to do the like instant pot, um, doing the refrying myself first, the frying obviously, and then the refrying, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, so I'm going to try to do that, but yeah, those, those are the things I'm sort of looking at. Cool. Well, <laughs> t- what a transition. I, we're awesome. <laughs> hey, we're ba- baseball we're ta- is back. A lot of baseball flustered. news to consume. <laughs> Uh, I'm, yeah. you know, we got it under an hour. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised by that. I thought this was going to take a long time. We're I'm refreshing real quick form. to make sure, uh, oh. we don't have a, a new first baseman in the Dodgers and we, uh, does, doesn't seem like yeah. we do. As of the time we stopped recording, Freddie Freeman is still a free agent. Uh, he did say his goodbye to Atlanta, but who, who are thanks, we talking about? Thanks. I forgot about, forgot about, yeah. him, so. uh, Frederick, um, Freeman. Um, so Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And as for now, this podcast is gone and forgotten.